Hi, this is Michelle Sherman, president of Mishorex Pharmacist Consulting Services and the host of the Conscious Pharmacist podcast. As far back as I can remember growing up in South Africa, one thing was always obvious to me. It was something that emanated from my soul, if you will. It was the knowing that all human beings are created equal, that we are all the same. The Conscious Pharmacist podcast is proud to be a podcast on the Pharmacy Podcast Network and is a show for pharmacist healthcare providers who have answered the call to practicing on purpose. Being conscious brings to light disparities and injustices in our society and healthcare system. Our show strives to bring to the forefront these issues we face today in a changing healthcare landscape and how we can change lives one patient at a time. As pharmacists, we do what matters, how we practice what matters, and how we take care of patients matters. Be conscious, speak out, every voice matters. Be the change you wish to see in the world. You are listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. This is the PGX for Pharmacists podcast. We believe pharmacists are the best positioned providers to lead in PGX. Pharmacogenomics is the study of how genes affect a person's response to drugs. This relatively new field combines pharmacology and genomics to develop effective, safe medications and doses that will be tailored to a person's genetic makeup. This podcast is dedicated to pharmacists with an interest in learning more about the data analytics, industry trends, and evidence-based usage of pharmacogenomics. Welcome to PGX for Pharmacists, part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Hi, everyone. I am Dr. Becky Winslow, and I am your host of the PGX for Pharmacists podcast that Welp Magazine recently recognized as the ninth most listened to genetics podcast in the world. On the PGX for Pharmacists podcast, we explore all things pharmacogenomics related, and our mission is to educate and advocate for pharmacogenomics. I accomplished this through interviews with pharmacogenomics industry experts and leaders, such as today's special guest. So enough about the podcast. Let's dive right into our conversation with today's guest. I'm extremely pleased to introduce Dr. Jillian Bell. She has been a leader in pharmacogenomics for quite some time now. Um, Dr. Bell is a PharmD. She is the pharmacogenomics lead at Genome Medical Incorporated. Prior to joining Genome Medical, she was employed as the Director of Genetics and Personalized Medicine at Mission Health in North Carolina, where she was responsible for the implementation of pharmacogenomics in clinical care. Dr. Bill also worked at Moffitt Cancer Center. She earned her Doctor of Pharmacy from the University of Tennessee College of Pharmacy, and she completed a postgraduate pharmacy practice residency at the VA Medical Center in Memphis, Tennessee, followed by a PGY2 in clinical pharmacogenomics at St. Jude Children's Hospital. Without any further ado, here is Jillian. Let's briefly discuss your education, Jillian. Thank you, Becky, and thank you for having me today. Um, I completed my undergraduate degree at Maryville College, that's in East Tennessee, and I earned a Bachelor of Arts in Biology. Um, after that, I, um, I worked a number of jobs trying to figure out what I wanted to do in the field of biology. Um, one of those jobs I worked at in a retail pharmacy setting, and man, that was 
such a difficult job. I have so much respect for those those mm-hmm. people working in that role. And so um, after that, I, I took a little bit of a, a turn and went into research for about five years. I worked in a molecular pathology lab, and I'll come back to that later about how that really kind of intrigued me and um, sparked my interest in pharmacogenomics. Um, and so after working in research, I found out, man, there's everything you can do in the world of pharmacy. And so I ended up going to pharmacy school, um, started in 2007. I earned my PharmD from the University of Tennessee College of Pharmacy in 2011. Um, like Becky mentioned, um, I, I completed a PGY1 residency at the Memphis VA Medical Center. It was a wonderful training program. We got a lot of experience in all different realms of pharmacy, including ambulatory care, hospital pharmacy, ICU, everything. And then after that, and we'll talk a little bit about this um, um, later, I completed a PGY2 in clinical pharmacogenetics at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. What an exciting path and and story. So let's discuss that residency that you mentioned. When you graduated from pharmacy school, did you know you wanted to specialize in pharmacogenomics or did that residency really influence you to pursue pharmacogenomics? Right. Um, I always had an interest in pharmacogenomics and I mentioned to you a little bit about working at a a molecular pathology lab. And at that time in the early 2000s, we had this medication, Gleevec or Amantinib, which was used to um, treat cancer. And they were discovering that there was um, just a single change that could happen in the tumor DNA that might make that medication not as effective for some patients rather than others. And so to me, that always kind of stuck with me as, wow, you're going to save someone, you know, the time and effort and money of going down this path and the medication may not be the best choice for them. And maybe we, and and now we have other medications that we could use um, in place of that. And so I always had an interest in that. We had a course at University of Tennessee specifically for pharmacogenetics, and I just loved it. It was it was so exciting to me. Um, and I actually, when I did my PGY one, I loved critical care. I was dead set on critical care. That was my my plan. I was going to pursue a PGY two in critical care. I still love critical care, but I love um, pharmacogenetics more. Um, And so during that first year residency, one of um, someone that I'm really close to, it was a a former professor that I had in school, and he was one of my preceptors at the VA. He mentioned that St. Jude had just started a residency in pharmacogenetics. And given my research background, maybe this could be a good fit for me. And so he encouraged me to apply. I applied and actually got an interview. And when I went there, I was absolutely blown away with not only the care at St. Jude, but this forward thinking work that they were doing in pharmacogenetics. And even more than that, the incredible mentors I would be able to work with. And that includes um, Christine Cruz, Serene Hadar, and of course, Mary Relling, just to name a few of the amazing people that I got to work with. And so I decided then and there that I should go for it. Even if I never got a job in pharmacogenetics or even if I could never do anything with this, the experience would be an experience of a lifetime. And it was. And so I learned so much. They were one of the, you know, kind of the first broad spectrum implementing um, groups. 
um, implementing pharmacogenetics and clinical care. And, and that year I had the opportunity to learn from the best in the field. And so I'm so lucky that I just had the opportunity. It really opened doors for me to go on and others that have come behind me to go on and help implement PGX at um, you know, other institutions as we moved away from St. Jude. Well, speaking of those that inspire others to pursue <laughs> pharmacogenomics, you and I have a little story. <laughs> so um, in 2017, when you were presenting at the Asheville AHEC meeting, you were presenting pharmacogenomics, you probably didn't realize that little Becky was in the audience. And <laughs> she was she was looking for a way to make an impact in pharmacy, truly burnt out by traditional pharmacy and looking for a way to expand her horizons and and try to capture or help out an area that really needed it. And so you really inspired me at that meeting. So I thank you for that. <laughs> um, so please, um, you know, did you have any idea you were inspiring me? Let's, let's talk about some of your work experience that you discussed at the meeting. Right. Well, thank you so much. That means a lot. Um, it means a lot to me because that whole conference, it was a conference for pharmacists, um, and we allowed other people, of course, to come, but it was really geared toward pharmacists. Um, and it was designed to inspire pharmacists like you to embrace pharmacogenetics because it's in our wheelhouse. And I really believe we should adopt this as another tool in our toolbox. We're already um, the experts in medication management and dealing with drug-drug interactions and dealing holistically with the patient and how we treat them with all their medications. And this is just yet another um, piece of the puzzle that we can use to help patients. Um, I started at Mission Health as a personalized medicine clinical pharmacist um, years ago, and I was responsible for implementing genetic testing for high-risk medications, and we really started with those that had box warnings um, with pharmacogenetic associations, and so we really wanted to make sure that we had this safety net, and a lot of that involved working with pharmacy, IT, um, our lab and other stakeholders in the health system to embed clinical decision support, um, prompts, help, uh, help to know that, hey, this has an association and you might need to utilize pharmacogenetic testing and information for this patient. Um, I was lucky enough to also see patients at the Fullerton Genetics Center in Asheville, North Carolina. And these were patients that were referred to us from many different settings for specifically for pharmacogenetic testing. And I was on a collaborative team with, um, I, we had medical geneticists and genetic counselors, and then me as the pharmacist. And so we were able to provide this really holistic genetic care for our patients here in Western North Carolina. Um, we also conducted a few small pilot studies, and this was under the leadership of Dr. Lynn Dressler, who um, was at Mission um, as the director years ago. And, we are trying to get this information in the hands of clinicians like primary care clinicians and oncologists. And we really wanted to, to put this in their hands and help them utilize this in order to optimize therapeutic management for their patients. Oncology is a big area where we're trying to not only optimize their chemotherapy um, or their treatment for their cancer, but all the different symptomatic, um, you know, the medications they take for symptomatic uh, issues. And so can we get a better handle on pain management, um, not anti-nausea medications and all of that different stuff. 
Lynn retired in 2018, and I took the lead of the personalized medicine department and eventually the administrative lead of the genetics program. And along with the medical director for genetics, we were really trying to create this vision for genetics across all service lines um, within our health system. The only thing that makes that story even more exciting for me is that it happened in North Carolina, which is my home state. (laughs) I love, I love that North Carolina, that you were doing this work in North Carolina. And um, I just love that part. Um, So what I hear you saying is that a, you didn't necessarily envision yourself working in pharmacogenomics. You took opportunities that, um, may not have been in your original plan um, that puts you in front of or beside mentors that have helped shape your career and have led you to your current uh, employment uh, with Genome Medical. Um, so could you tell us more about Genome Medical? I'm not sure if our audience is familiar with Genome Medical. Um, maybe tell us about its missions, its services, its clients. Sure. And I'll just say that um, you bring up an amazing point about mentors. And I've been so lucky along my journey to be to have the best mentors. So not only in my um, in pharmacy school, but also in my residencies. And then in my first job at Moffitt Cancer Center, I was able to work with um, Dr. Howard McLeod and um, big, you know, big in the field. And he still to this day is a mentor to me. So um, mentors are very important. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Becky. Um, so my current role at Genome Medical, and, and I'll, t- I'll tell you a little bit about Genome Medical. It's a digital health company and we're a nationwide specialty medical practice. So we're a full service genetics practice. And we leverage our technology platform and our digital infrastructure to enable access to virtual genetic care. So we're a virtual company, um, a a virtual medical practice. Um, We enable not only health systems, but labs, biopharma companies, employers, and even health plans to accelerate access to genetic specialists and innovate care delivery. And this is all while we're really ensuring quality and improving efficiency of how we give genetic care to patients. And in my humble opinion, genetics is, it will, it it is part of how we take care of patients now, um, especially in um, areas like oncology and and behavioral health and other things, but it's only going to become more important in the future. And there are a lot of people out there that preemptively want to know about risk of disease or cancer or medication response. And that's, you know, our specialty. And so our company is really trying to make access to this information readily accessible to the people who want it. And that's not only patients, but also providers that are providing care for their patients. Yeah, well, exactly what you've described. I mean, amongst the stakeholders in genetics and in pharmacogenomics in particular, um, education, um, knowing how to choose a test, knowing to what to do with the test, uh, knowing when to reuse the test results or maybe when to order a different test. That is education that is uh, highly valuable. And that, so that makes that service so important to the success of right. uh, genetics and pharmacogenetics programs. So bridging that gap, <laughs> bridging yeah. the gap, it, it right. sounds like is it, what you guys do. And, and that's a very valuable service. So you, um, you're a PharmD 
at Genome Medical, and I know you guys have a lot of genetic counselors and such. What roles and responsibilities do you play at? Right. Mm -hmm. So um, I provide pharmacy care for patients, including um, education, and that can be in a digital platform, um, a comprehensive medication assessment. So we get a lot of information from patients on an intake form and just making sure that we go through and look at drug-drug interactions and, um, and then take the genetics and layer that on top of that medication assessment. Um, of course, we um, have some implications for oversight of genetic testing. Um, we oversee and provide training, guidance, and professional leadership to the not only our PharmD team, which we have three PharmDs on our team. Um, we analyze medical scientific literature um, and uh, you know pharmacogenomics-related genetic testing, the standard of care guidelines and uh, communicate this knowledge across the organization and externally to providers if needed. Um, you know that this is a rapidly changing field. So we spend, yes, so we spend a lot of time um, just trying to stay abreast of, of what's changing and what are the new gene drug pairs that have a high level of evidence that we should be um, you know, uh, interpreting and giving recommendations for patients. Um, I do a lot of development and maintaining of protocols and policies um, for our um, for our group. Uh, I support commercial and customer service and client services. So when we have partners, you know, I can interact with those partners just to make sure that we are um, giving them all the information that they need to take care of patients. Um, I support the healthcare professionals, and you mentioned genetic counselors. We have only genetic counselors and medical geneticists, and we have a network of primary care physicians. Um, and so trying to um, support them and provide education for them um, and decision support for how um, they need to employ care for patients. Um, and then I participate, you know, in an on-call rotation. I'm part of a a really great team of genetic counselors and medical geneticists. And so, you know, we take these results and interpret them and then provide information um, back, not only to the patient, but also to providers so they can use this information to help with prescribing for their patients. Awesome. I love the word teamwork. It sounds <laughs> <Yes>. like. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. You know, I say on a regular basis that it takes a village. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it takes a village to make pharmacogenomics what it uh, should be or needs to be. So I love to hear that all the different stakeholders are working together to um, make pharmacogenomics what it needs to be and to make sure it's, uh, I guess, implemented accurately and um, for the patient's benefit. Right. And I, I'll just I'll interject and say that um, I'm so lucky to have this amazing team that's so interested in pharmacogenomics and, and wants to make this a big part of how we take care of patients. I mean, we're a full scale um, group. I mean, we see um, patients um, in the reproductive area and cancer in um, um peds and rare disease. So we see everything, but um, this group has really embraced pharmacogenetics and really wants to make this, you know, something that we can offer to, to patients and providers who want it. So that's a very special thing with, with the company. Absolutely. 
um, because uh, providing that type of information to patients directly is a different level than um, providing it to another clinician. So um, there's a lot that goes into the direct to patient information. So I yeah. admire you guys. Yeah, and we have a we have an education department, and um, and they are just really great at finding ways to communicate this effectively mm -hmm. to patients. Because yes. anytime you and Becky, you know this. Anytime you're dealing with pharmacy, that's a challenge. Yes. Yeah, or medications, and then you yes. layer genetics on top of it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's kind of a double whammy. And so mm -hmm. we have this amazing team of um, you know, especially our education department that just really helps us find the best ways to get this information to both providers and patients. And that's exactly what's needed because you and I can talk about pharmacogenomics all day long. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and we can use our big words and we all, we both understand what they mean, but you're exactly right. The patient needs a different level. Um, it needs to be translated into a different level for, for patients like most medical information does, right. um, especially with genetics. So I'm, I'm really happy that you guys are providing that to patients um, because it's, it's a very needed uh, service. If we're going to see patients embrace pharmacogenomics and patients advocate for themselves for pharmacogenomics, um, which is very important to pharmacogenomics reaching or being a standard of care, I believe. So you have found yourself here now at this time and place, Genome Medical, and also as a professor, I believe. Um, what advice do you have for pharmacists that might want to pursue a, a career in pharmacogenomics? Right. So for students, and um, when I was at Mission, I would take students on rotation, um, and I would recommend if you have options to those types of um, elective rotations or other things like that, take a chance. It might be something that you're really interested in. Um, I, you know, did do a PGY to a, a specialized residency in pharmacogenetics. And I, of course, would recommend that for students if they're really trying to pursue, um, it, you know, implementing this in the field. Um, when I started, I, there were only two residency programs. Um, there were some fellowships, but there were only two residency programs. But now there are a growing number of programs. Um, and this is from, you know, other practitioners um, out in the field that have established themselves. They're now starting residency. So we have a lot more options. So for students, yeah. So for students, I would say, um, you know, maybe look into a residency, but maybe for pharmacists that are already in the field who wish to gain expertise, there are a number of certificate platforms. Um, Becky, I know you've done a number of these to help with education. Um, but on top of that, I would recommend a lot of reading, which I'm sure you've done, <laughs> right? And joining groups like um, CPIC, Clinical Pharmacogenetics Implementation Consortium, that's a mouthful, but CPIC. There's also... Um, PGRN, Stripe, I'm using these acronyms, but um, <laughs> there's lots of groups out there. And this gives you the access to a network of people with varying areas of expertise and varying amounts of experience. And so I really think getting connected into these groups um, is really beneficial because then it kind of gives you a network of um, people to bounce ideas off of, I, I'm a member of the American College of Clinical Pharmacy, and we have um, kind of a subgroup, a specialty subgroup um, that's 
um, pharmacokinetics, pharmacodynamics, um, and pharmacogenetics. And it's really kind of heavily pharmacogenetics at this point, but that's a group that we have a listserv and we can ping um, you know, questions or ideas off of other people in the field. And so I really think you know, there's definitely the education, um, you know, background that you need to, to, to have, but it's really developing these, being part of this network of people that are, are in this all day, every day that you can learn from. And, you know, and sometimes you even have experiences that they might benefit from. So, um, it's, it's a rapidly evolving field, so it's really imperative to be in this network and kind of keep up with the literature and keep up with the trends in the field. I, I, I learn something new every time I get on these <laughs> yes. calls, <laughs> and yes. so um, I think I think there it's just really worth it to, to try to get connected. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely agree with you because I was one of those PharmDs that, <laughs> I mean, I had 15 years of experience in traditional pharmacy, retail, hospital, director, long-term care. Um, and then I up and decided, oh, I'm going to do something completely different. So, <laughs> right. um, and I did exactly what, what you mentioned. I networked, uh, the conference, uh, in 2017 was my very first pharmacogenomics conference for pharmacists. Um, and from there, you're exactly like you described. I started, uh, participating in the network, um, connecting with members of the network, and I really just started putting myself out there, even volunteering for, you know, can I help with this? Or can I help with yeah. that? Right. <laughs> because we need, <laughs> we need volunteers. Um, yeah. We need volunteers um, until we get a lot of funding for pharmacogenomics. So right. I absolutely agree with you and the, the groups that you named are great groups to participate in. Um, and I think the great thing, just to speak about established PharmDs that are going into pharmacogenomics, is that like what I brought to the industry was the perspective of having worked in the different clinical settings and being a a director of programs, you know, how I could foresee pharmacogenomics being implemented into those scenarios. Um. And having had that experience. So everybody brings something a little unique to the table, I think. Yes. Um, that's valuable. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So we've talked about it. Um, you've mentioned several people um, during this podcast episode. We've, we've mentioned people that have inspired us, people that have mentored us. One of my favorite questions to ask my guest is, who is on your phone a pharmacogenomics friend list and why? <laughs> yes. Um, it, that's changed over the years. It used yes. to be a small, it used to be a smaller <laughs> list. Um, but now um, I'll say through networking, I have um, a group of people that, and I, I'll bring up ACCP again. And I think AS, ASHP also has a, mm-hmm. has a, a group too. Um, but now we have this whole huge you know, listserv and um, depth and breadth of implementers that can bring um, things to the table. CPIC also has, you know, kind of a list of um, implementers and they've put their emails out there that you can email them. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I started my first position, I had kind of a small group um, that I relied on heavily. Um, I'll just 
throw out some names, Kevin Hicks, Mark Dunnenberger. They were also St. Jude residents and, uh-huh. and they were kind of going through the same thing I was. And so we would just, I would, I mean, I would talk to them almost weekly about, yes. Hey, what are you doing about this? Have you <laughs> encountered this? How are you handling this? Um, and then I mentioned Howard McLeod. Um, he continues mm-hmm. to be a go-to mentor for me. Um, and, and the folks at St. Jude, they're always so open and really, really believe in the mission of trying to get this information out there for providers. And so, um, they're also a, a, a great go-to, <laughs> yeah. um, and then Becky, you mentioned North Carolina. We're yes. actually pretty, we're actually pretty rich in pharmacogenetics <laughs> here in the state. And I'm a member of this NC biotech, um, pharmacogenetics group. And it includes um, pharmacists, um, physicians, and some lab experts. And we, we, we meet once a month to discuss best practices and what challenges are we having at our institutions or, you know, just in our clinical practice. Mm-hmm. And so um, that, that group has been growing as we have more and more in the state um, of North Carolina. You know, we have UNC Duke. Um, sure. all sorts of, all sorts of different places that are now, yes. um, um, implementing this. And so, mm-hmm. um, that's been a really great kind of local community that I've had to be able to just bounce ideas off of. So again, I'm going to, um, hammer home my, um, message of network, <laughs> having network, network, network. People, mm-hmm. um, is really important, um, in this field. Network, network, network. And don't <laughs> yeah. you like, like, you know, and you know, I think the thing about it is our community is we don't bite. I, I mean, I've contacted people that didn't probably know me from a hole in the wall and asked, you know, <laughs> would, they, would they connect with me and, and let yeah. me follow, you know, let me follow them so that I can learn. And, and I don't think I've had not one person say, oh, go fly a kite somewhere because, you know, <laughs> I don't know who you are and I don't have time for you. Um, so. Right. Yeah, yeah. And and I get requests from people to connect with me and I'm more than happy to to connect so that you know they can follow me and hopefully learn from me and I'm sure you do too. So Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of um how our listeners may contact you, would you like to share how they might best get in touch with you if they have any further questions or information they'd like to know? Yeah, I think um, I think probably the best way to contact me is through LinkedIn. Again, Jillian Bell, um, and I think you'll have my information yes. probably. And so mm-hmm. um, that's probably the best way to contact me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, feel free to reach out. Um, I I learn lots from everyone every, every day. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it's it's nice to have a, a you know a network of people with like you mentioned a lot of different backgrounds because everyone brings something different to the table. So yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the PGX for Pharmacists podcast. We look forward to continuing to see your work and continuing to follow you as a leader in pharmacogenomics. And we hope you'll come back one day and maybe give us some updates. So thanks again so much. Thanks for your interest in PGX and for spending some time with us. Please share this podcast and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. For all of our episodes, please visit pgx4rx.com. That's pgx4rx.com.